while the Lord spoke to us by the way. These men had holy, happy, heavenly heartburn as the Lord Jesus ministered to them. In verse 31, you will see that their eyes were opened and they knew him. They knew him. What a moment. What an epiphany this was when all things just became clear. Now we get it. You are risen. You are alive. And you've come along all the while and you've been walking with us. And now we see this was their eureka moment when everything suddenly was answered. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Gallagher, pastor of our Free Presbyterian Church. Today again, we're looking at the Lord Jesus on the road to Emmaus, talking to those two men who were so lost and so lonely. And here is the Lord Jesus. He draws near to them, and they talk to him. Do, do you not know the things that have happened? And here is uh, the Lord leading them along, as it would appear. He said unto them, What? things are you talking about? And they began to rehearse the whole history of the resurrection and the uh, appearance of the Lord to women. And then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it, and brake and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. What a Savior! What an amazing Savior that he could walk with these men in the road to Emmaus and then reveal himself and then disappear. He was gone. And, of course, they would see him soon again. Our Lord Jesus is risen. That's the theme of our message today, these men on the road to Emmaus. But firstly, we're going to have a hymn, the Whitfield Choir singing, The Blood Shall Never Lose Its Power.
The Lord Jesus did exactly what Philip did when he went alongside the Ethiopian and sat down beside him. And there was that Ethiopian sitting in the chariot reading the Old Testament, Isaiah 53. And Philip said to him, do you understand what you're reading? And then I said, how can I? Someone needs to help me. And Philip began to preach to him Jesus. And here's the Lord Jesus now with these two men on the road to Emmaus. And he begins to expound, to explain, to illustrate, and to make things known. Now, this has to be one of the sweetest ministries of the Lord Jesus. When he comes to the human heart, when he comes to your heart, my heart, and he begins to make the Bible plain and clear. And when he explains all of these wonderful truths. And we need to realize today the Bible is about the Lord Jesus. If you are reading your Bible to learn merely historical facts, you've missed the message. If you're reading your Bible merely as a point of debate, you've missed the message. It's about the Lord Jesus. And of course, God sent his Son to be our Savior. And we need to know him. And we need to hear his voice. Now, here is a lesson for us. To know the Lord and to receive him, we need to come to the Bible. This Bible is the touchstone of our knowledge, our introduction, our knowing the Lord himself. It is through the power of his word. Now, these two men were so blessed, so encouraged by the Lord's uh, ministering to them that they were drawing near the village of Emmaus. And in verse 29, they constrained the Lord to come and abide with them. Now, that tells me something about the nature of these two men. What they were learning from the great master teacher himself, they wanted more. They did not want this to end. And they persuaded the Lord, and they said, as drawing toward evening, abide with us. And he went in to tarry with them. Now, this is important because these men who would become uh, witnesses to tell the story of the resurrection, these are men who were interested in the truth. They weren't running from the truth. They wanted to understand these things. And what they had already learned had so blessed them, so given them hope and understanding that they wanted more. And of course, the Lord could make sense out of a difficult situation. And that's just like the Lord. And he comes to you and he comes to me in our difficult situations and he speaks and he makes things known to our hearts. And here is an infallible proof, an evidence that the Lord made himself known to these two men on that road to Emmaus. Now, the Lord Jesus makes himself known to his people. You take the experiences of God's people, of Christians right down through the ages. And I could not help but think of that hymn, What a Friend we have in Jesus, written by a man called Joseph Scriven, who experienced extreme tragedies 
in his life. In 1845, he was uh, engaged to be married, but his fiancée was drowned the very night before the wedding was to take place. Heartbroken, he left and came to Canada, and he came to live in the area of Port Hope. And over a period of time, he met uh, a lady that, again, he planned to marry. But before the wedding took place, she took pneumonia and also died. He turned to writing forms of poetry and uh, hymns, as we now call them. And there's one in particular that he wrote to his mother when he learned of a very serious illness that she was going through. And that was known as Pray Without Ceasing. Someone else took that hymn, changed the wording, changed the title, and it is now the hymn of Joseph Scriven, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Now, is this still true? Is it still true that the Lord Jesus comes, draws near, and abides with his people? The last stanza that I discovered, by the way, it's not in our hymn book. There was a fourth stanza, and I'll read it to you. It's, Blessed Savior, thou hast promised, thou wilt all our burdens bear. May we ever, Lord, be bringing all to thee in earnest prayer. Soon in glory, bright unclouded, there will be no need for prayer. Rapture, praise, and endless worship will be our sweet portion there. And of course, by living in the Lord's presence, we can know his grace, his speaking voice to our hearts. So these men were great witnesses. First, their blindness. Then the Lord came and gave them Bible lessons. The third area is the blessedness that they spoke of. They said in verse 32, did not our hearts burn within us while the Lord spoke to us by the way? These men had holy, happy, heavenly heartburn as the Lord Jesus ministered to them. In verse 31, you will see that their eyes were opened and they knew him. They knew him. What a moment. What an epiphany this was when all things just became clear. Now we get it. You are risen. You are alive. And you've come along all the while and you've been walking with us. And now we see this was their eureka moment when everything suddenly was answered. Now, as a Christian, there are those times when the Lord comes and he really opens our hearts and minds. And the Lord comes alongside and he whispers to the soul. Now, how long has it been since you felt this kind of heartburn in your soul? How long has it been since you have heard the voice of the Lord speaking to your heart and it has caused you great, exciting inner joy? And it's this that makes 
Christianity worth living. It's this that makes us living witnesses of the Lord Jesus. It's not just history. It's not just an empty tomb. It's not just empty grave clothes. It's not just circumstantial evidence. It's the Lord that has come into my heart, into my life, and he abides with me. Now, they had this inner burning in their hearts. This is something, by the way, that Mormons will talk about. Mormons claim that their converts to Mormonism will have this burning of the heart. Now, of course, all of that is just uh, uh, based on uh, some notions out of the Book of Mormon, and uh, it's a claim that can never be substantiated. But the true Christian, the true Christian, can testify that the Lord has come to live, to abide, to rule, and to reign within our hearts. And there are those times when we know the Lord is ministering directly to our hearts. Now, the Bible gives us every reason to expect this. In the book of Hebrews, and I'd like you to turn there, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. <coughs> Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. The word of God is quick and powerful sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, this is not like the Lord coming and ministering to us. What is? When you read the Scriptures, when you read the Bible, and the Spirit of God begins to search your heart, and He knows the very thoughts and the intents and therefore he knows the burdens and the cares. He knows the needs. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Jesus is alive. He's risen, exalted. And then it says in verse 15, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, which means we have a high priest who is touched or who sympathizes, sympathizes. He ministers to the heart in our very time of need. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy, and find grace to help in time of need. Now, that grace, of course, has to be the Lord. And we're coming to our great high priest, and he comes alongside to minister to us in a very personal, a very real, and a very wonderful way. And there are times that you will take your burden to the Lord, and you'll get down on your knees, and you will be filled with tears and brokenness, and in that time, the Lord will come and lift the burden, and you will stand up and shout joy, because the Lord has come to minister to your heart and to your soul. Now, in Hebrews chapter 2, uh, verse 18, it mentions, for in, him, for in that he himself hath suffered, being tempted, 
he is able to succor them that are tempted. Succor. That means to minister, help, give grace, strengthen, befriend. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. The Lord comes alongside and he gives us this heartburn. He gives us this experience. The Lord is with me. He's my Savior. He's speaking to me. I have felt his very nearness. Let me tell you, that'll make you a witness. That will make you a real witness for the Lord Jesus. And when these two men had their eyes opened and the Lord vanished from them, and they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us? By the way, what did they do? Well, it says that immediately, the same hour, verse 33, the same hour, returned to Jerusalem. Now, we learned that it was seven and a half miles from Emmaus to Jerusalem. We learned along the way that it, they, they persuaded the Lord to come and abide with them because it was evening. And now the Lord opened their eyes, the Lord vanished out of their sight, and they said to one another, let us go. And it was in the darkness they headed off to tell their story. They couldn't wait. They couldn't wait to tell their story that they had witnessed the living Lord Jesus and their hearts were burning. What a story they had to tell. And on down uh, verse 35, and they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. Now, of course, there's two reasons for this. In breaking of bread, the Lord Jesus showed that he was physical and that he had a real physical body. He could still eat food. But then, of course, so can everyone. So how come that this was the thing that opened their eyes? Well, perhaps, and I'm going to suggest this, that it had been all along the Lord's habit that when he ate bread, he gave thanks. And on this account, he did likewise. And it was the manner in which he composed himself and offered thanks to his father. In eating of bread, their eyes were opened. They saw, they understood who it was. And when they went back, to these other disciples. That's how they reported it, that he was made known to them in breaking of bread. Now, many great communion sermons have been preached out of this one because the Lord has ordained that in the communion table, in eating of the symbols of the Lord's body and blood, that the Lord meets with us. And that is true. And it's all very appropriate. But we can see the living witness this certainty that was within their hearts, they became, as Luke called it, infallible proofs, incontrovertible. You can't argue against this. They started out sad. They were sensing defeat. But now they're returning with the greatest news possible. Jesus, we've seen him, and we had bread with him. He's real, and our hearts, they're burning. He has blessed us, and that made them living witnesses. Now, will you take this to heart today, that if you and I are to be real witnesses in this world, we need that blessing. 
We need to live in the presence of the Lord. We need to have this heartburn. And how important that continually we ask that our eyes be opened and that we understand the scriptures that we read and we ask the Lord to be our teacher and that this Bible will be opened up and become the source of our witness. And then certainly we have infallible proofs because we have an infallible book. And we have one who was infallible who interpreted the book to these men in the road to Emmaus. What a savior. What a gospel. What a message. We have every reason to tell the world. If you're not saved today, if you're not a Christian today, we've got great news for you. This gospel's real. There are Christians here today who will tell you out of their own personal witness and testimony that they know the love of the Savior in their hearts. Now, we'll all express it in different ways, different words. Some will jump up and down and tell it in a very excited manner. Others might tell it in a very grave manner because it's almost unspeakable things. But they will tell you that they know the Lord and he's made himself known to them. And you can know him too. You can be saved. You can be a Christian. And it was all of this as the evidence piled up and the news went out that became the great missionary voice and evidence to a lost world and by which multitudes became Christians. And you need this Savior too. Maybe you're sad for another reason. Maybe you don't have a Savior. Maybe you feel the weight of sin. Well, I want to tell you of one who is a friend. And what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. You can come today and cast all your burden and all your sins, and the Lord will save you. And you may have come in here deeply burdened and leave with a spiritual heartburn, a blessedness in your soul that will make you, you cannot be quiet. Let's unite in prayer and pray together. Father, we thank thee for this time in your word. Lord, we have searched these wonderful things. They have thrilled our souls. Oh, Lord, I pray that you will take this word and use it mightily in the hearts of your people. May we have this blessed heartburn over and over again, even today, Lord. Don't let us go through a day without the blessedness of the Lord in our souls. And Father, I pray earnestly for those that are without Christ and need to be saved, that today you will call them, open their eyes, reveal yourself, save them by your power. We thank you, Lord, that you are our great Savior who died and rose again and living to save your people. Oh, continue to speak and bless us. For Jesus' sake, amen. Amen.
You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca. CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the home page of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187-9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak.